It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Hello there. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. If you love watching football games and you consider today the start of no football games that count and let's say, I guess, week zero, August will be August 26th when football games, college or pro, do start. If you're going across the ocean, you have just departed Liverpool, and it's a long way until you see the Statue of Liberty. And here we go. Lunchtime in Athens from America's greatest college town, along with Chris Rogers, our superb producer. My name is Jeff Dantzler. Hello in Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins, Perry, Fort Valley, down into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordill, and Unadilla, and all our friends on the coast in Savannah, out to Wilmington Island and Tybee Light, Brunswick at the beautiful Golden Isles and St. Simons, Jekyll Island and Sea Island. Hope somebody's having a nice lunch at Marshside today to the 912, the 478, and the 229 from the 706, along with Chris Rogers, who is hurriedly putting together an elite list of love songs for Valentine's Day on Wednesday. I know you can't wait. My name's Jeff Dantzler. Open line, post-Super Bowl. Monday, call us. Tell us what you thought about the game. Decisions, decisions. 478-646-3776. That's 478-646-ESPN. Shoot me a tweet, at Jeff Dantzler TV. And, of course, we've had listeners from all across Georgia, throughout the southeast, Florida, North and South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans, Texas, out west in Arizona, California, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Illinois, upper Midwest, and in the northeast, Pennsylvania, New York City, Vermont, Boston, Mass., and into Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. in the mid-Atlantic. This show, The Bill Shank Show, all of our interviews, simply go to thesuperstations.com. They are easy to download. And as I always emphasize, if I can do it, being a common idiot when it comes to technology, definitive, low-tech, so can you. Got to send out a big hello to the family, as always. Hello to my mom in Statesboro, my dad and my stepmom, Patty. They are in Hilton Head. And my Uncle Joe, who is back in Savannah. Appreciate it. And I'm sure Larry and Sharon and Ollie and Milo are listening in on the shores of Lake Sinclair. It has been raining all day. And for my fellow dog lovers out there, one of the hard things about the rain is going to potty in the rain. And Alvis and Hermie are perfect. And they rarely, 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 rarely ever go in the house. If they do, it's our fault. I mean, it's been a long time. So I've been running around like crazy today, and they've each gone inside, number one. But I understand. they don't. I, I wouldn't want to go in the rain either. So hopefully when the show is over, we'll have a little bit of a break in the rain. Chris, it's been raining and making all day today? Oh, yes. Uh, it started um, yesterday, and okay. it's just been steady rain since. Yeah, it started last night. I had the rain jacket on. Uh, having my cigar for the, I had two, to be honest, for the Super Bowl last night outside. Had a great time, Super Bowl party, my buddy Robbie Kirk. It was a star-studded affair, and all the food was great. And uh, so tell me what your favorite tailgate food is, what your favorite party food is for watching Super Bowl or Big Game at Jeff Dansler TV. And... 
I, I just I, I love the Super Bowl, and thankfully, once again, once again, we had a great game. We had an absolutely terrific game. Uh, thank you to Lawson and T. A. Wolfhound and M. Tolbert for tweeting us in. Thank you to Barry and to Jill and to Shane. That was a really, 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 really terrific game last night. And it kind of turned into a field goal fest there. It's 19-19. By the way, somebody out there somewhere in the world had the nines in squares, which is a horrible number to get. I think nine and two are probably the worst numbers to get. Zero's great. Zero's because you can get zero, zero, ten, twenty. Zero's a great number. One's okay because you can get 21. But zero and four are great. 14, 24, and 34 are all really realistic. Three, zero, three, four. Seven's a very good one. Seven, 17, 27, all realistic. If you had to have a couple of nines. Reminded me, there was actually a two and a nine when the Patriots beat the Panthers 32-29. We had to have a couple of nines, and I had a buddy play in squares, and the blocked extra point cost him winning a quarter. And he said a bad word and threw something at the te- – I'm just kidding about throwing something at the television there. Uh, but it, it was really, really a terrific game last night. And with the the different rules now – and this is one, too – I'm not a fan of having different rules of the postseason than you have in the regular season. I think both teams ought to be able to get the ball. Well, that was the case last night. And for the Niners not to go second, not knowing what you have to do. And, and it was a bo- – now, worst-case scenario would have been not scoring. But to get the three there, what you're doing in that spot, you're giving the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes four downs. Four downs with every first down. That's another thing a lot of the analytics don't take into place. When you're behind, you know what you've got to do, and you're utilizing all four downs. I thought that was a serious miscalculation. And in the end, it was a great game. I thought San Francisco was a little bit better. Two terrific defenses. But Patrick Mahomes, he's as good as there's ever been and just adds to his legacy. And no knock on Brock Purdy. I don't think he played bad. But if you switch the quarterbacks in that game, San Fran wins by three touchdowns. Mahomes is incredible. And I like to say about records a lot, it's not just the number or the accomplishment. It's the company that you keep. And now being a three-time Super Bowl MVP, that is elite, elite company. You know who else won three Super Bowl MVPs? Joe Montana, maybe the best to ever do it. The only player with more, you know who that is? Tom Brady with five, maybe the best to ever do it. In my lifetime, I would put Brady, Montana, and Elway in my top three. And I'm just telling you, Mahomes, at his peak, as we talk softer, what he's done the last six years, six straight trips, AFC title game, and now history, a third Super Bowl MVP, Kansas City's third championship in a five-year period. We'll get into that elite company on the other side here. As good as anybody to ever play the game. McCaffrey wound up with 30 touches. That was probably about five too few. 
Chris Conley, great game special teams for San Francisco. Made a couple of huge plays in the punt game. Charlie Werner stepped in when George Kittle was hurt and did an excellent job. And then, of course, there's Miko Hardman. Kansas City's offense was going nowhere, and he caught the deep ball. Now, of course, Kansas City wound up turning the ball over there, but that got the offense going, and then he makes the game-winning touchdown catch. So Georgia, I'm going to brag on the Bulldogs a little bit here, Georgia has a pretty darn good Super Bowl history. Georgia will forever be the first school to have three different Super Bowl MVPs. Jake Scott for the perfect season for the Dolphins back in 72. And Terrell Davis when the Broncos won it. Scored three touchdowns when they beat the Packers after the 97 season. And then Hines Ward after the 05 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, Stafford didn't win it, had a shot at it. USC also has three. Lynn Swan, Marcus Allen, a linebacker named Malcolm Smith from a very forgettable Seattle 43-Denver 8 game. So that's pretty cool. Some other little Super Bowl tidbits, and you'll hear more of that later on Bulldogs Live tonight coming up. Sony Michelle scored the only touchdown when the Patriots beat the Rams 13-3 after the 2018 season. And that was when the Pats had beating a young Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City in the AFC Championship when D4 jumped off. And now for Miko Harmon to catch the game winner, that's pretty cool. But I saw it for Sony to score the only touchdown in a Super Bowl. That's a record that's going to stand for a long time. I know last night in regulation there were only two TDs scored. But to have just one touchdown scored in a Super Bowl game and Sony got it, I always thought that was pretty neat. That'll be a great trivia question. And then for Miko Hardman, again, to catch the game winner, that'll be another Good trivia question. All right. I'm going to go through a lot of the Super Bowl stuff. I'd love to hear from you. 478-646-3776. 478-646-ESPN3776. And again, shoot me a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV. Big hello to our friends from Arrowhead Tool out of Perry, Georgia, located at 629 General Courtney Hodges, Boulevard. Hope everybody's having an outstanding lunchtime. My name is Jeff Dantzler, trying to decide what I'm going to eat for lunch. And we've got so many delicious restaurants that advertise with us here on the Superstations. I'm sure I'll get some great ideas. All right, Chris Rogers is back in studio. Super Bowl talk continuing on. It's the day after the end of yet another football season. It does fly by, doesn't it? Along with Chris Rogers, I'm Jeff Dantzler, enjoying lunchtime in Athens. Here on the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Chris, you got me. Blurry. No clue. You have thrown a fastball past me. So, Wednesday... Gonna have some great love songs and some cheesy love songs. It's every guy's favorite holiday, Valentine's Day. So, guys, get those flowers that are dramatically marked up. I don't know about the shrinkflation there. Dramatically marked up, I say. Hawks and Bulls tonight, and then Bulldogs Live. The second hour will be hosted once again by yours truly. 
And I have some terrific guests lined up tonight. Georgia swimming and diving coaches Neil Versfeld, who's from South Africa, and Stephanie Williams-Marino, who's a 28-time All-American. They're both great, succeeding the legendary Jack Powerly. Alan Thomas, who is the money man, Georgia's associate athletic director for external affairs, and, of course, the famous road dog. So Coach White will be on with Scott Howard first, and then the second hour, some fun-filled Georgia talk, and there will be a lot of Georgia football talk tonight as well. So dial that in. And, again, you got the Hawks and the Bulls first. And I still say Dominique got the shaft in that dunk contest with Jordan. Jordan was great in that one, too. Jordan's the greatest ever. But Neek should have won that dunk contest. And then on Wednesday, we got the Hawks at the Hornets. Hey, the Daytona 500 this weekend. And opening day for Georgia baseball coming up on Friday. I can't wait. We had a magnificent crowd at our first pitch banquet this past Saturday night. Had a lot of fun. Uh, So let me know what your favorite thing to eat was last night and just your biggest takeaway from the game. Let me get into that. All right. Here we go. Jim Cooney, big dog fan. I'm getting too old to get up at 1 a.m. to smoke the brisket for our Super Bowl dinner. I was wanting to actually watch the end of the game. There you go. B. Willis says Chris Conley balling out on special teams. Good answer. Love it. Ken from Coming. Karma, and her name is Kyle Shanahan. Thank you. Mark Davis, spot on. DLs are integral to success. Preach. Great teams have great defensive lines. You can make plays. You can get pressure and stop the run without bringing extra people, meaning you have extra people available to do other things. My good friend, the great Ben Brandenburg, special teams. And special teams was huge last night, including just one of those fluke plays on a poison play where you yell, poison, poison, get away, get away, get away. The ball hits the up back and a heads-up play by Ray Ray McLeod to try and get on the ball, but he couldn't handle it. Yeah, a lot of turnovers last night. And, you know, who knows? The 49ers in that first drive, they're moving it, and McCaffrey winds up fumbling. If they score there, especially if they get a TD, they probably win. Then, of course, Kansas City comes down, and they turn it over. Pacheco fumbled. I think he was trying to score the touchdown instead of just maximizing and get about a five- or a six-yard gain. Another big factor, I thought, and I made a list. I'm going to run down that list. Another big factor, I thought, was just Kansas City hanging around. It felt like San Francisco had dominated the game, and the score at the half was only 10-3. to So that was one, if you're a Niners fan, you're probably saying, it feels like we've played better than a seven-point lead. If you're a Chiefs fan, I think you got to look at it and say, very little went right in that first half. We got the best player on planet Earth, and we're only down seven. I'll give you an example. When Georgia beat Alabama in the national championship game to win the 21 title, first and two straight, we're losing nine-six at the half. And I, I was just sitting there thinking, that half could not have gone much worse. We played terrible, really, for a lot of that first half. And to only be down three, it gave me some pretty good hope. 
Sure thinking we've got we're, we've got too good a team. We've got to play better than that in the second half, and we did, and we won, and the Chiefs did, and they won. But I thought that was big, and sometimes in life, you got to survive before you can thrive. Larry Legend, if I mentioned this twice, you know what? You're worth it, my friend. Uh, Larry, always with a great point. The other way to look at taking the ball in OT is if both teams kick field goals, you'd get the ball, kick a field goal, and win, and KC wouldn't get the second possession. Very true. Great point. So if you both score, then you get the ball, you get that extra possession. I think that is very well said, my friend. Shoot me your tweets and your thoughts at Jeff Dantzler TV. MIT 302, prevent defense, prevents winning. At 1916, I am presuming you are referring to. It did look like they went a little different. And what's what about Travis Kelsey? That was a bad look. Really, really bad look. His tirade on the sidelines. Mm. All right. Patrick Mahomes with four downs. He's going to beat you. And this game, I was torn on it the whole week. I thought Vegas was telling you San Francisco was going to win. The line was two. They go up three late. But how do you go against Mahomes? Three straight games as an underdog. Obviously, they win them all outright. Just money line those Chiefs. Print those Benjamins. Incredible. So, Mahomes, I mentioned three MVPs. Tied with Joe Montana for the second most ever. Behind only Tom Brady with five. Winning back-to-back Super Bowl championships for the Kansas City Chiefs. The first team, the first franchise to do that since the 03-04 New England Patriots. The Pats won the Super Bowl in 01, 03, and 04, by the way. When it comes to winning three Super Bowls in a five-year period, Kansas City joins those aforementioned Pats, who won three in four years. The Dallas Cowboys of 92, 93, and 95, coached by Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, and Barry Switzer, three in four years. And the Patriots from 14 through 18, who won it in 14, 16, and 18, the 16 season, that's the one the Falcons blew. And they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in 17, 17 season. So they won three out of five and were in four out of five. So the Pats did it twice in the Belichick-Brady era, two different decades. So Kansas City, same thing there, making it to four, winning three over a five-year period. And you had the Steelers, who won it in 74, 75, 78, and 79. So after the 78 season, that was a 35-31 win over Dallas. They had won it three times in five years. And then they had the... Second repeat in 79 when they beat the Rams. So happy for Miko Hardman from playing in the Granite Bowl to between the hedges to be in the Super Bowl game-winning touchdown recipient from Patrick Mahomes. Pretty awesome stuff. Way to go, Miko. McCaffrey, as I mentioned, I didn't think he got enough touches, even though he had 30. They just got cued a couple of times. And I think that's the thing with Shanahan. He's obviously a tremendous coach. But they got cute 
couple of times. Let's talk Vegas and what Vegas is famous for. How about this? The over-under, 47-and-a-half. Was the final score? 25-22. And, oh, yeah, when you get that TD to clinch a win in OT, you don't kick the extra point. The commercials, I feel, through the years, it's just become one of those to borrow from the old uh, Yogi Bear, one of my favorites. It's too crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. They got so overblown. I think fewer and fewer people are paying attention to it. And some of the commercials, they try to be too clever. To me, the key to a really great commercial, number one, you've got to know what the product is and what you're pushing about that product. And then you want it to be clever and funny. But if you do a commercial, go, oh, that was a really funny commercial. It was good. I can't remember what they were advertising. Well, it does you no good. But you do a really funny commercial, a clever commercial, and you know what's being advertised, that's a home run. Now, this wasn't a funny commercial. Again, Mean Joe Green in the Coke commercial. That's why I started cheering for the Pittsburgh Steelers when I was a kid. Hey, Dad, who's that guy play for? It's Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, all right, it's going to be who I cheer for in the NFL. The really, really good ones. Again, I'll say with Coca-Cola, obviously the masters of marketing. I think that Coca-Cola logo or that red can is one of the most recognizable symbols in the world. You know, the polar bears around Christmas time. Hit it out of the park. Got a tweet, by the way. Yeah, a little interaction there with my, my dad and my stepmom. Multiple players for San Francisco did not know the playoff overtime rule. And that that's my dad saying what Larry was saying. Another article as Shanahan saying he wanted the ball third so they could win it if the first two possessions were tied. I get that. I understand all that, but you're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball, what turned out to be last, with four downs. Not smart. If the Chiefs have it first, they might try a field goal. Obviously, they didn't need to because the only fourth down they had was on their side of the field, and that was a great run by Mahomes as well, by the way. But when you're down three, that's almost the worst spot to be in. Because even if you're tied, you know, they might play for a field goal and something could happen. But for Kansas City to be down three, knowing they've got to get a touchdown to win and you're going to use all four downs. Now, once they got in deep, they obviously could have kicked to tie the game. But I just if I was a Niners fan, when they went up three points, I'm just sitting there thinking I have seen this movie before and I know how it's going to end. Patrick Mahomes is going to win the game. And he did. So thank you to my dad and Patty for sending me stuff there. Shoot us a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV. I do want to talk about the worst commercial that I saw that I was paying attention to. And I'm kind of pacing around. We had a group of about 12 people that watched. The Aquaman Scrubs flash dance crossover ad was just awful and whatever company that was if you advertise with us here on the superstations i apologize blame me 
not Shanks broadcasting for the criticism. But what a terrible commercial. I, I thought it was just awful. Aquaman, Scrubs, and Flashdance. Just not very good. Biggest takeaway from Ice Cold Stew. Says Steve Spagnola is a damn good defensive coordinator. You, sir, got that right. Another championship for him. His fourth as a DC. All right, so let's talk about you know, the, the the company you keep, as we were saying. So for Andy Reid, his third Super Bowl title, and remember that was a thing in Philly. He got them to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Pats, twenty four twenty one. But they lost those AFC title games. I'm sorry, NFC title games. I think it was three in a five year period. They won the one, but then lost to the Patriots. I think it was an amicable divorce. And, hey, look at all this. Philadelphia has won a Super Bowl and been to another Super Bowl. Now Kansas City's won three and been to four since they split. So it's worked out for both sides. It's worked out better for Kansas City. Kansas City also has Patrick Mahomes, which give Andy Reid the Chiefs credit for making that trade. And Bears fans will always remember taking Mitch Trubisky instead. So for Andy Reid as a coach with the three titles, he joins Belichick, who's got six, Chuck Knoll with four, Bill Walsh with three. A lot of people might not remember, but Walsh retired after the 88 season. That's when they beat the Bengals the second time. And he was not the head coach the next year when George Seifert became the head coach. And Walsh has said before, too, he should have stayed for another year and coached that team. So George Seifert actually has two Super Bowl titles. Not in the Hall of Fame. And that's probably the right decision. And Joe Gibbs. Gibbs is kind of the guy, when you talk about all-time greats, and most, I mean, let's face it, it's such a quarterback-driven league. Think about Belichick, he had Brady. Chuck Dole, four Super Bowl titles. Terry Bradshaw. Tom Landry had Roger Staubach. Troy Aikman with the Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson with two, and then the one with Barry Switzer. Mike Shanahan had John Elway with the two Super Bowl championships. But what really stands out to me about Joe Gibbs is that he won the three Super Bowls. He went to four, but his three Super Bowl titles came with three different quarterbacks. Joe Theismann when they beat the Dolphins after the 82 season, and also three different running backs. They had John Riggins that year. Riggins was MVP. Then they won it in 87 with Doug Williams. And they had the 35-point second quarter against the Broncos. And Timmy Smith, who nobody had ever heard of, has this incredible game. And then in 91, for whatever reason, a forgettable forgotten Super Bowl. That was the Bills' second of four straight losses. Game was played in Minneapolis. 37-24. 37-24. But that was Mark Rippon and Ernest Biner, who obviously did not win a Super Bowl or get to one with the Browns. See, I've always thought for Gibbs, again, it's, if you win the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl, it's great. And I'm not saying it lessens for guys like Chuck Knoll. Obviously, Bill Walsh had Montana for his three. Does it lessen that? This is part of it. But the fact that Gibbs did it with three different quarterbacks maybe gives him a little extra. And I know they didn't win one, but 
you know, Fran Tarkenton was there for three of them with Bud Grant. It was Joe Cap for the first one they lost to the Chiefs. So the fact that, that Gibbs did it with the three different quarterbacks, extra impressive. Now Reed's done it with Mahomes three different times. Incredible stuff. So you're going to talk quarterback hit list. I thought about this for the QBs who've won a bunch of Super Bowls. So Mahomes has outdueled Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. That girl sure is Purdy. And Brock Purdy for San Francisco. And last year, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. This is what I do a lot of the day. I just sit around and make lists. I was thinking about it. So for Brady, there was the, the unbelievable upset of the Rams. And I thought the Rams in New Orleans were going to really beat the Patriots. That was before Brady was Brady. The Pats were a defensive team. Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. They were going for their second title in three years. And then the next two in 03 and 04, by the way, a great Super Bowl was Patriots-Panthers. It was Brady v. Jake Delhomme. And then it was Brady and Donovan McNabb, who's a good quarterback. Uh, you, you move up into 2014, Brady outdoing Russell Wilson, who was, was very good. You know, he's past his prime now. And I still don't know why they didn't give the ball to Marshawn there at the end. 2016, he outdueled Matt Ryan. And in 2018, it was Jared Goff, who was nearly in the Super Bowl this year. And then Brady with the Bucks beat Mahomes in 2020. How about that? Chiefs were down three offensive linemen for that game. How about that? The fact that guy's won Super Bowls in three different decades. Amazing there for Brady. Uh, I go back, though, to Bradshaw. So he beat Tarkenton, Staubach, Staubach, and Vince Ferragamo. Pretty cool stuff there. Montana beat Ken Anderson, who's a great quarterback for Cincinnati. Marino, who in 1984 threw 48 touchdown passes to set the record. Boomer Esiason, and then the great John Elway for his four Super Bowl wins. Steve Young outdoing Stan Humphreys. That's always been kind of funny to me for the Chargers. They've been to one Super Bowl, and they've had, if you had to make a short list of the best quarterbacks who never played in the Super Bowl, if you had to pick, say, your top four or five, obviously, of the Super Bowl era, hot take. Warren Moon would be on that list, but Phillip Rivers and Dan Fouts both would be. But the fact that the Chargers had Rivers and Fouts, two great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, didn't go to the Super Bowl with them. They did go with Stan Humphreys. It's been always one of those little twists there. All right, so Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs do it again. Really incredible in this day and age, and Andy Reid says he's coming back. As you figured he would. He's one of, For a lot of these coaches, they don't know what else to do. Thank you, Uncle Joe sent me a little article here that uh, Travis Kelsey also says he's coming back. That was a bad look for him yesterday, a really bad look. And that's one of those. <laughs> you certainly uh, – I was listening to a national talk show earlier, so if there are any kids listening, if you're out sick from school today – don't, don't go up and do that to your coach. Thinking, oh, he'll love the passion. No, no, no. It was a bad look for Kelsey. 
By the way, shouldn't the day after the Super Bowl be a holiday? And everybody's moving slow. So last night, I'm trying to think what all we had. We had some of those, I think a very underrated snack. Those potato skins, delicious. My friend Robbie's wife, Amanda, made hot brown sliders. Her family's from Kentucky. The hot brown's kind of a Kentucky tradition, but it was basically turkey with some fixings on top. It's really good. My friend Jeff's wife, Carol, had carnitas. And of course, there were potato chips, shrimp. I love shrimp, especially fried shrimp. These shrimp weren't fried. And uh, some wheat thins. Very good. Everything was fantastic. Ate terribly healthy. My friend John had a seven-layer caramel cake. It was a lot of good eats last night. And if you looked hard enough, there was a beverage or two to be found. Uh, the Super, I like the Super Bowl kickoff time. I guess this was, it wind up being 6.39. I kind of think, since my wife Emily's a teacher, she left at halftime. She's got to get up early. I I do kind of like the mid-afternoons. I get it. If you're on the West Coast and the Super Bowl kicks off at 1 o'clock or at 12.30, that's not great. Could you do a happy medium and maybe do five? And by the way, the golf, because of the weather out in Phoenix, pushing everything back. I mean, a lot of players didn't get their second round in until Saturday. Now, they didn't finish until well into the Super Bowl. A guy named Nick Taylor won. So he birdied 18 three straight times to get in the playoff, to extend the playoff, and then to win the playoff against Charlie Hoffman. I would think maybe 5 o'clock would be better. More people could watch the whole way. It's a great game last night, though. Maybe later in the week we can rank where you think this one falls as far as the all-time best. And also, where would you put the Chiefs? I mean, it's it's beyond a bona fide dynasty now. And all three of their Super Bowls, they've been thrillers. They've been comebacks, double-digit deficits. I mean, they came back to beat the Eagles, came back to beat the Niners the first time, came back again. I still think for multiple-time champions here, I think the Steelers teams of the mid to late 70s are the best, followed closely by the Niners of the 80s. I think the best one-off champs are 85 Bears. It is hard to argue with that, 18-1. and one. one of the most underrated all-time great teams, maybe the best of all those Niners teams that might not be remembered quite as much because that was the year before they got Jerry Rice. But that 84-49ers team went 18-1. and It was hard to say, were they better than those teams that had Rice? Not all schedules are created the same, but that's a, that's a sneaky, good, all-time great team. But, yeah, I, I would put those Steelers teams from the mid to late 70s, then the Niners from the 80s up there as the two best that I've seen. And the 85 Bears is the one-off. I guess that's another similarity with Mahomes and the Chiefs and Brady and the Patriots. All those Patriot games were all close. The first three titles were won by three points each. Now, Vinatieri kicked the game winners against the Rams and the Panthers with no time left. They beat the Eagles by three. They were up ten, and the Eagles scored late. Of course, they lost the two games to the Giants, the one in 07, I know was the killer. 
But the Seahawks threw the interception in 2014. Looked like they were about to lose that one. That was a comeback against the Falcons in 2016. Then the 2018 game was 13-3, to so they won by 10. All their other titles were single-digit, one-score games. In the first three by three. Their first five by six or fewer. And the one they won, only won by 10 points, 13-3. to three. So that's like with the Chiefs, the one they won in 2019 – they won 31-20, but they were losing in the fourth quarter. Got a late touchdown to extend that lead. Opening up the back door. Speaking of, over under 47 and a half, 25-22. How do they know? 49ers were favored by two. They were winning by three. And the Chiefs wind up winning by three. And, and again, I, I felt – all week long in the lead-up that Vegas was telling you San Francisco was going to win because I believe we were all surprised when San Francisco was favored just because of the class and talent of the quarterback position. You know, Brock Purdy's a good player. Patrick Mahomes one of the greatest ever. So the fact that San Francisco was favored made me think, they're going to win this game. But how in the world do you pick against Mahomes? That guy was an underdog three straight games. The Chiefs were an underdog three straight games. And they won them all. They won at Buffalo. They won at Baltimore. And they win the Super Bowl. They beat the Bills by three, beat the Ravens by seven, and beat the 49ers by three after San Fran pulled out a couple of thrillers in the playoffs. This was, if you want to talk about caliber of conference championship games and the Super Bowl, it was three for three. All really good games. I think the the AFC title game, as Baltimore had the turnovers, it you know didn't turn out to be the shootout you might have been expecting with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, but it was a great game. Super Bowl was great. If I had to rank the three up, I'd probably go. Would you put the Niners Lions first, Super Bowl second, AFC Championship game third? And by the way, Rice's emergence, the, the, the receiver for the Chiefs, that was the, the ultimate difference maker because their pass catchers were not very good this year. They've had a lot of attrition at wide receiver. It's great to get Miko back and healthy, and obviously he had the TD, and I think Miko will have a big year next year. But they don't have quite the firepower they had on the front end of their dynastic run with that 2019 Super Bowl championship. But... They found a way. And if Lad McConkey's sitting there at the end of the first round, I bet you they take him. He might lead the league in receptions as a rookie. And a quick homage to my broadcast partner, Kevin Butler. KB is a rookie back in 1985, set the NFL rookie scoring record, and the Super Bowl rookie scoring record. Made three field goals and five PATs. Shoot us a tweet. Let us know where you're listening from at Jeff Dantzler TV. Super Bowl recap. 49ers players admit not knowing overtime rules after Super Bowl lost to Chiefs. Thought first TD wins a game. Nuts. But that, that is a thing. I'm not excusing that. But I don't like having different rules in the regular season and the postseason. You got to play it out the same way. You have to. 
All right, a couple more takeaways. Thank you very much, Mark Thompson. Handy you, Banks. Loving all the Bulldogs. Playing great. J.R. Whitfield. Too many commercials. And Patrick Mahomes is one of the best ever. Agreed. Best pregame decision from Scott Wooten was bringing Miko back. Amen to that. Ryan King, Super Bowl commercials are not good anymore. I agree with that. Uh, B. Johnson, dog. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Thank you to my buddy, Jay Deal. Says probably just how good Mahomes is. At this point, the winds kind of speak for themselves. You're right. That's my friend Jay from Statesboro who now lives up in Roswell. Spot on. Great takeaways, everybody. All right, we need to run into a timeout. Then we'll come back and put a bow on this one, a little Super Bowl recap. I have no idea what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But I'll tell you what we will do. We'll go through and maybe handicap just who will be in the Super Bowl next year. Ask my buddy Robbie, longtime diehard Falcons fan. Robbie, when are the Falcons returning to the Super Bowl? And who will that quarterback be? You know, it might be some kid who's four years old right now. He's, oh, next year, next year, Falcons are in. Who's the quarterback going to be? I saw what the price tag might be. I might have to disagree with the great Bill Shanks on this one. To move up to three, would you give up your first round? So I'd be flipping in two seconds. I wouldn't. I'm not that sold. But at the same time, mm, you got to do something. Because that was a team that should have been in the playoffs. Should have been, I say. And if you're a Falcons fan, you know that all too well. It's a rainy day here in Athens. Opening day for Georgia baseball coming up on Friday. And, of course, we'll have the action for you here on the Super Stations with my good friend David Johnson and yours truly. And DJ's going to be on with Bill later this week. I'm going to try and get DJ on with me as well. And uh, Bill will be back this afternoon from 3 to 7, talking a lot of Super Bowl. And I'm sure Bill will have a thing or two to say about Kyle Shanahan, who's obviously a great coach. Sometimes gets a little cute. And we'll I, – I get what he's saying. I get it. You get it third. Reminded me of a great joke told to me by Larry Edwards. You get it third. True dedication. But you get Mahomes the way it worked out the ball with four downs, down three, knowing what they got to do. Didn't work out well. Mm. it's going to be hard for them to get back up to try and get back next year. All right, we'll put a bow on this one after this timeout. Thank you, Chris Rogers. Great job today as he hurriedly continues to put together his list of the best and worst love songs out there. Is anybody familiar with the song? It's often considered the worst song ever made. And by that, obviously a song that had to have been released by record companies you know, not just, I mean, I could sit here and sing and make up a dumb song and say, well, that's a far worse song. But if songs that actually were released that I guess made the charts, MacArthur Park, and I believe that's sung by an actor named Richard Harris who was in a really bad movie called Orca. After the success of Jaws, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, it's, it's a top five movie for me all time. 
everybody tried to come up with disaster flicks. Uh, not disaster flicks, but well, I guess sort of disaster flicks, but with basically animals being predatory monster flicks. There was one called Alligator, Piranha. I remember being scared to death to jump in the pool. And, yeah, there was one called Orca. Although I still, there's some stories now about Orcas going after boats. I don't fully trust those things. Say they've never taken down a man. How do you know? Might be a couple people out there that disagree. It's a Monday after the Super Bowl. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Thanks for being with us on the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstation. Yeah, there we go. ACDC. The old fast machine. Speaking of, the Daytona 500 coming up. I always like, I remember when Bobby Allison won. My dad used to work for a grocery store distribution company. And we would just get great promotional stuff. And Gatorade was one of the big clients. And I got a little mini Gatorade. I think it was number 88. Bobby Allison car, the Gatorade car. And he won the 500 and. 1982. There you go. And of course, the King, Richard Petty, won it seven times. But yeah, the Daytona 500 coming up this weekend. Uh, Georgia basketball, both the men and women are off midweek this week. And the guys, that was a tough one at Arkansas. I mean, they are right there. Heartbreaking loss. Lady Dogs lost by six yesterday. It was tough uh, for the. Broadcaster for the Lady Dogs, a very nice day yesterday, though, as we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the 1999 Final Four team. I was in my 20s back then. It was for good times. And I think 25 years, that's literally half my life ago, being 51 years old. The time does indeed fly. All right, Chris is uh, putting together his list of love songs. And, of course, there have got to be some monster ballads thrown in there. I've always said my favorite monster ballad, The Flame by Cheap Trick. It's fantastic. And I'm sure he'll have Every Rose Has Its Thorn on there by Chris's favorite childhood band, Poison. So we'll have some good stuff for you coming up on Wednesday. Tomorrow we really begin the the after football season show. You know, this is where I miss you know, signing day being last Wednesday. All right, that's going to put a bow on this one today. Love all the Super Bowl talk. Please join us again tomorrow. I'm sure we'll still be talking some Super Bowl. The NFL offseason's always a good gift. And before you know it, they'll start talking draft. Great job today, Chris. I'm Jeff Dantzler. Be sure to join Bill later today. Talk to you tomorrow. Adios. <laughs>